shut these guys up because there was some really good stuff going on. Gold in them, their hills. We Gold. Play. <laughs> so welcome to the Tuesday Night Music Show. I am here joined always, uh, as always, by uh, Pastor Jay. The the Jay from... Dressed tonight. Dressed tonight. The mm. Jay is here. And uh, Howie. Not the Howie, just Howie. Just Howie. Howie. It's, it says J-U-S-T Howie. space Howie. So it's, yeah, it to, does. It not does. to be confused with Howie. Howie yep. is a big fan of the Lou Reed. So, the yes. Lou Reed. The Lou Reed. He was going to tour yeah. with the Eagles, wasn't he? Not <laughs> no. Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They were all the friends. But here's what's funny. I don't call Eagles of Death Metal the Eagles of Death Metal. I call them Eagles of Death Metal. You respect those assholes. I do. Not they do. Agree. Have you heard their version of Duran Duran, um, Save a Prayer? No. It's actually really, I think you'd like it. It's oh, different. I'm sure yeah, I check will. Check it out after the show, but it's okay. different. I will. Yeah. And then Eagles I'll start calling metal. them the Eagles no, of Death Metal. No. If you feel the need yeah. to. Yeah. No, you got, you gotta respect you. those death metal guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're not death metal, though. It's Josh Holmes' <laughs> side project from Queens of the Stone Age. All right. Yeah, they're hard rock, but they're not. They're nowhere near. Their their point of the name was just to say how far no away. Truth can and we advertising be? there. No, sad. We're Eagles of death metal, but we don't really do death metal. Hey, I found out the other day. I was heartbroken. I shed quite a few tears. Captain Beefheart wasn't really a captain. No, he wasn't. But he drank Beefheart gin. I I found out they sell staples at Staples. I use that logic. I know. Guess right. what's not sold at BJ's? Right. <laughs> no, it's it's a bit like, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you name a place after whatever you killed to build there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, oak like dicks. There's no oaks. There's no oaks there, you know. Right, right. Uh, what are some other ones? Uh, buffalo, New York. No buffalo. I mean, it's, no it's like that. Yeah, we killed all the buffalo. Now there's buffalo there. Yeah, Willow Creek Creek's gone. Too cold. They don't even want to go there. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I think the boys wanted to, or Howie wanted to talk a little bit about the video I posted earlier today. Little backstory: got some speakers in from Amer- uh, American DJ. It's American Audio stuff, budget stuff, but actually. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool for budget stuff. Pretty good. The APX yeah. stuff has been pretty good for the price. Oh my gosh. Uh, neither here nor there. And I can show you the retail box. It's back there. Really big print on the box. In fact, I'll show you really quick. But this is why they were talking about it. They were talking about how many watts the speaker was. So, and they, they were arguing for their uh, peak and their RMS belief. and all that. Oh, oh my God. It was endless. Oh, Right on the box. Yep. That's why they were talking about it. You know, that marketing cool. has been around 70 years and they won't give it up. Well, I'll get to that. I missed the box. What did the box say, Brian? I'm sorry. I, I had you on gallery. The, the, the headliner on it was 100 watts. 100 okay. watts. That, that and is... everybody was like, 100 watts, that's not enough. I need more. I need more watts. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. If you're watching and don't understand why, it's look, watts don't matter when it comes to how loud something is. It doesn't. Watts watts is power consumption, not power output. So 
I did a video on this again because again. I did a video on it. I don't know. It said 10 months ago, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was more like mid-February. So more like a, 11 months. Almost a year ago. ago. But you yeah. but you also did one years ago. It's not enough. Because it's people not are enough. Popping up and asking, well, it needs to be at least 500 watts for it to work for me. Well, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> so, I mean, my, my mission in life now is to, you know, and, and I, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not going to try to get you to understand all kinds of stuff like efficiency. And I know that's important, but it's very important. Baby steps. First step, watts does not equal output or loudness. It just doesn't. It doesn't. In, in our world, it doesn't. So... You know, know how you, you know how you know how you can tell is if you were to plug into like a kilowatt meter mm-hmm. or one of those lunchbox uh, power supplies. I have right. it'll tell you how many watts are being drawn right. at 102 decibels. It'll it'll probably say yeah. something silly like 24, 25 <laughs> watts. No, for real. And right. you're right. It's the watts being, cons- it's, it's, it's a consumption, not what's being put out. Let, let me ask you this, Howie, because you would know the answer to this question. Let's say that I was tased. What would I measure that power in? Would that be volts <laughs> or watts? Oh, no, no. It's measured in Holy shit, that hurts. <laughs> I think the measure in volts, don't they? It is in volts. It right. is so actually- even, even when you can tase, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't because the current is so low. It's the voltage. It's not the voltage. Even, even uh, people that die from electrocution, they die from the current and not the voltage. Thank you for that morbid tidbit there, Howie. I appreciate it. Well, I try to help, you know. I I have two quick speaker things, excuse me, that I've always used. One is I used to have a pair that I got in 1998 of DAS 15As. And on the box, it said that the tweeter got 50 watts Mm -hmm. and the sub speaker got 150 watts. So I measured them at 200 watts so i would go do a gig and it, several times i would be told can you turn them down a little bit mm-hmm. they're really loud mm-hmm. then i went up to eventually 2000 watt jbls yeah. i don't think anyone ever told me to turn them down and one night i had an impulse 200 pv 12 inch plastic box with a heat sink like that wide and like that tall and it said 450 watts performance and i would put this on the floor plug it into my booth output and at a big gig like new year's eve i would turn this thing on and let me tell you it was louder than the two jbl 615 4000 watts and the other quick point is i spent 10 years using a 200 behringer euro light 12 inch powered speaker for my ceremonies. And I brought this up to someone today because they were talking about speakers. And I said, yeah, I used this for like 12 years and I replaced it with one of the Pioneer speakers. Why would you use Behringer? I said, because it sounded great. They don't sound great. I said, they had microphone and classical music going through them. They sounded phenomenal. 
Really? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, really. $200. And I bought it probably 15 years ago. It, I think we get way too caught up in the game. Way too caught up in the numbers, way too caught up in the, you know, I've often said, if you, if I had a speaker store, guitar center, whatever kind of store, I'd put up a black curtain. Be like, can I help you? Yeah, I need to buy some speakers. What are you looking for? Well, I need something. I do weddings, 250 people every time. Okay, I'm going to play you three speakers. You tell me what you like. Well, I don't like Mackie's. Okay, well, I'm just going to play you three speakers that fit the criteria. Boom, boom, boom. Third pair. Loved them. Great. Those are the Mackie's. Like, I think we buy too much with our eyes. Well, too let, much me, with, let me stop you there because cause you're going a little off topic on me. Yeah, a little um, bit. But but what, what I wanted to really talk about tonight was, you know, how, how well, I want to just bring it up because you guys had some interesting thoughts earlier. But I, I will share this story with you. I remember, oh boy, it was probably, ooh, I don't know, maybe nine years ago or so at NAM when John Krupa was still at RCF. I don't know if you remember that or not. I think I actually played in the booth that year at NAM. Yeah, I remember that. And they had the RCF 312As. I don't know if you remember those speakers or not, but they were one of the best sounding speakers I've ever messed with. Really Phenomenal nice sounding. sounding. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So those speakers were 350 watts total by amped. And the way they broke it down was it mm -hmm. was 300 watts to the woofer, which was a 12-inch woofer, and it was 50 watts to the tweeter. And they had a total SBL of 127 decibels. That's so, loud. Yeah. So it's pretty loud, right? They were getting murdered, absolutely murdered, because QSC had just released the K-Series, and their big headline was 1,000-watt speakers. Yeah. I don't know what the SPL is, or was on those? Could you look that up? The original K12s. What mm. was the SBL on those things? Because I can tell you, in a side-by-side -side comparison, RCFs just bloom away. You put the K12 next to the 312A. Oh my gosh! It was it was it was embarrassingly. And like, later on, I can tell you, the Reader's Digest version of sensitivity. And the reason why, well, the ones... well, right. I mean, that has to do with efficiency. But what, what I was right. getting at is, I remember John Krupa saying, you know what's so frustrating? We're telling the truth. We're not over-exaggerating anything. Mm -hmm. We're not fudging numbers. We're giving you real numbers. Mm-hmm. We're not lying. We're not trying to deceive anybody. We're giving you real world numbers. Mm -hmm. And side by side, there's no comparison. RCF smoked it. But yeah. do you remember it's saying 131 SPL? All right. now, who, SPL. Who, who remembers uh, uh, clips uh, speakers? I do, do you remember them? them. I had some heresies. Okay. The, the, the inventor and the manufacturer. Uh, Paul Klipsch, he always wore a button to the trade shows that said bullshit. <laughs> no, because people yeah. would go, they would put that banner sideways on the speaker, thousand watts. 
And he go bullshit. I tell you, I tell you a story about that. Funny story. Uh, I have a brochure for my hair, the heresies I had signed by Paul Clift. Okay. Ooh. Yes. So here's the story. There's been a set of heresies in my family since about 1983. My brother went to uh, Stuttgart, Germany in the army in 1983 when in West Germany kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he bought a set of heresies at the PX. And there was some kind of thing going on. I don't know if he went to Frankfurt or what it was, but there was some kind of pro audio show he went to. And Paul Klipsch was there. He was a very old man. He was there. Yes. And my brother got the autograph on the brochure. It's like, hey, thank you very much. I have your heresies. They're fantastic speakers. You know, wow. I mean, just rock, man. I'm I'm running my my Kenwood, you know, 200 watt per channel app, you know, with those speakers. And he went off on my brother. Those are only ready to go at 50 watts. What are you doing? You're running my speakers. He just yelled and screamed at him. But that was the truth. I mean, that's all they needed program, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and he was overdriving them. But if you had a cleaner amp, they probably would have sounded better. So anyway, geeky stuff. I didn't mean to get too geeky with this. And I don't want to get too geeky well, with this because I think when we get geeky, we lose people and it gets too convoluted. But really, mean, my, my mission get- in life. I don't get to be geeky and explain this real quick and succinct. Let's see how good you are. Let's see if you hold Jay's attention. Here's where you're looking at the email. See? Okay. It's not working out. When you're looking at the specs, you you call it efficiency and um, but it's sensitivity. And what that has to do with is how good the machining has been done in the motor. A speaker is a motor. Mm-hmm. And it has a co. It has a. It it, it looks like a toilet pole, uh, toilet right, roll, toilet paper uh, roll. Uh-huh. And that's connected to that is the cone for the speaker, mm-hmm. and then there's the windings that is sent from you know your audio source, sure. and that makes it move in and out. Now, if you have very good manufacturing and you make the tolerance of the motor and the toilet paper tube as small as you can get without touching the more sensitive the speaker is going to be and the less wattage you need to pump into that the the less current to get that to push it to get that sound pressure level and that's where it's all at is the sound pressure level and if you if you have good machining it will you know and it's a reputable outfit you're gonna you're gonna you don't that little that little banner that says a thousand watts is bullshit it, it doesn't, well, you know, if, what, if, even if it was true, it still doesn't matter because it has no relation to your well, sound pressure level. Actually, it. it's not true because the way that they test it is like uh, Jay was saying before, okay, it's bi-amp. They combine everything. They run it at a certain frequency for a short period of time and take a measurement. And that's, that's, that's it. Max, that's max watts. Max, right? Yes, and and, 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 I, and by the way, any speaker can take a million watts uh, for a fraction of a second. Yeah, for for a, what one thousand, and then you know, 
smoke. But that's what I've tried to explain to people. I mean, that whole Max Watts thing, all that means is no. theoretically, in theory, they haven't really tested it, but their theory okay. is that if they ran that amount of power through that speaker for a very, very teeny tiny fraction of a second, it might not catch on fire. That's the it, best way right. to, it to explain it to anybody. <laughs> it, yeah, might it might not. Our, our theory is it won't. We, we can't guarantee we'll it. Sure. But that's our theory. But the, our insurance wouldn't let us test it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the, the, the takeaway, again, I mean, and, and I can't stress it enough, Watts is meaningless. It's all about SPL. And the other wild card, yes. Uh, with all of that aside, the sound quality, and, and that's very much your personal opinion. That's what you think. I'm, You're going to have to be the judge of that. And, I'm and sorry to have... Oh, go ahead. I just was going to say, I don't think there's a formula of, you know, what, that you can look at, you know, in specs that will tell you how well something sounds. It, it just sounds good or it doesn't. That's kind of like mm -hmm. how something tastes. Do you like how it tastes or you do not like how it tastes? No, right. I, I think you might be wrong because I highlighted something. I was trying to read it because it was in 5.5 font, which uh. was invisible to me. <laughs> sure. So I had to move it over to, you know, enhance it. The max SPL numbers that QSC provides us, and I quote, are for comparison purposes and in accordance with common industry practice, maximum peak SPL specifications are theoretical calculations based upon transducer sensitivity and peak available amplifier power weird weird language that no one understands and you know and you just go okay i right it's <laughs> i was going to buy the 312as when they got knocked down to yeah. like 499 yeah i ordered them through idj now and a month later i called them i'm like i haven't gotten my speakers i couldn't get them you can't get them so oh. I had to cancel the order. So I had tried to get them because I heard a guy play guitar through them one night at like a Hyatt in San Diego. And I still thought they're in the top four best sounding speakers I've ever they heard. Are. Oh, my gosh. They but Kevin from ID Now goes, we have the 312 either Mark II or B. And the difference was the um, tweeter in the 312As was 175 Neodymium. And in the next speaker up, the tweeter was a 2.25. And I go, oh, yeah, I'll take that. How much? He's like, they're 900 each. I'm like, wait, what? And then I did my research because I didn't understand. Because when you look at the majority of our speakers, unless it's an array, the tweeter's usually between one and a quarter to 175. Once you break two inches on a, on a tweeter, your price triples, doubles. The other, the other mm -hmm. thing about, well, Neil Dynium at the time, uh, and this was a thing that happened then. That's what um, um, Apple was using to make all the iPads, all the Gen 2 iPads. Right. That was the material because it was a lightweight metal. And right. there was a time when neodymium was like free. I mean, it wasn't a big deal to get. But then Apple put it in such demand that it raised the prices on things. So a, a well, small actually, change like that. It actually doubled. It actually doubled, and there's only one source in the world, and China has it. And I said I wasn't going to get geeky in this video, and here we go talking dumb. But I will just say this. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking at horn-driven speakers and, and you're doing, like, mobile DJ work, um, I hate to use the phrase word of thumb, but I, uh, a rule of thumb, but I will uh, in this case. 
don't go over two inches. It's just going to be a really harsh. Mm-hmm. It will be. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so you want to go smaller. It's going to be uh, more uh, near field listening friendly, if you will. But yeah. mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. Watts doesn't mean anything, guys. We could no. talk about this for an hour. And, and no, it's, it's not going to solve anything. Conclusion. It's going to. But it's an impressive number. I mean, that was kind of my point in the video. Because if I right. told you, hey, this speaker is 120 decibels, okay? Uh, and this speaker is 130 decibels. You're going to say, eh, it's 10 decibels. Who cares? No, that's huge. Or better right. yet, let's talk about 123 decibels versus 132 decibels. That's the difference between, I don't know, let's say an Evolve 30M and an and a, a Electro Voice ETX top. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Right. Stupid huge. So that number, but that number isn't impressive. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even 10 decibels, but it's huge in real life. But if I say to you, yeah, this speaker is 350 watts and this speaker is 1,000 watts, you know, the, the person who just doesn't know and right. just kind of assume that watts made a difference would gravitate towards that thousand watt speaker, thinking that's an important number to. to they go think for. it's firepower. You know, we started this well, off with D D A um, my DAC speakers, DAC, yeah, and the um, RCFs, where they said what was going to what the QSC, the JBL, all the thousand, two thousand, twenty five hundred watt speakers. They all say the same thing. They split it right in the middle and go. Thousand low frequency, thousand high frequency. Who in their right mind believes a thousand watts is going to shoot yeah. through that tiny little driver on the top it's of the speaker? Theoretical. It's all theoretical. But, but see, that's what I don't like. Give me a number. Well, here's the sad part about it, Jay. What I was trying to—I don't know if I made my point with that whole RCF QSC thing. I don't know if I was able to, but at, at the time this was happening at NAM, RCF gave up. They're like, you know what? We give up. We've tried to give these people the real numbers. From now on, screw it. We'll play the same game these other guys are playing because yeah. the customers don't care. No, the they don't. customers want to hear these big numbers. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear the big numbers. We can fudge numbers yeah. just as well as anyone else can. Remember so when it was it. every year it went up? Fudge. It was 1,000, yeah. then it was two, then it was 2,500. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm looking around going, guys, it's the same speaker. They're just putting a new <laughs> sticker on it going, the K2 is 2,500. Yeah. The K1, oh, I got to get them then. And you see not... guys on YouTube go in their driveway and be like, I got a DB meter. Check out how much louder. I'm like, dude, you're in a driveway in Compton blasting some track and you're standing with your iPhone going, I got a DB meter. Like, what are you trying to prove? How is this going to sound in a Hyatt ballroom? Or how is this going to sound at some kid's backyard party playing real music, not something else? Like, we get way too lost in the gear sometimes. I, I, really I, just, I just really yeah. think like, I really dislike the whole disinformation thing, but oddly enough, right? Oddly enough, this whole Watts thing—it's almost like the public wants to believe it. Yeah, and it all goes back to the old days. The old days, they did not have the machining capability to get the tolerances we have now. So if your speaker sensitivity was somewhere in the mid-80s, yeah, you're going to need a big crown DC 300 amplifier 
to power that speaker to get the sound pressure level because the tolerances were so loose. Now we're, we're, we're getting like 96, 97% sensitivity. It doesn't take much to get the sound uh, pressure level. It really the, doesn't. Uh, uh, you just gave the Ben Stull. Let me give the idiot Brian. Oh God. <laughs> okay. It's, it's this simple. It's this simple. Okay. Quality, good quality or bad quality. There was a time with, with passive systems. Many of us remember right. it. Jay remembers it. Howie remembers it. Yeah. Where you had to match up a passive speaker with mm-hmm. an amplifier. You had to know what the uh, program or uh, what what was the other word for it we used? It was program or um, RMS. Continuous power. Continuous power. RMS. RMS. RMS, RMS. was. Yeah, and we had to find an amplifier that provided that plus headroom, and we also right. had to worry about the speaker's impedance and match and amp up with the speaker. Those were the days where watts were important for us to know, but that's why they were important to know. Even back then, it still really didn't have any relevance as to how loud anything was. All it had to do with was how you were powering the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it could be efficient. It could be not. I mean, you know, it could, it could have been a good speaker. It could have been a crap speaker. At any rate, mm-hmm. the real number on it was this is what it needs RMS. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that, was, know. and that was a different time. It was like, I might do a band. Oh, well, now you need twice the headroom because band live sound is much different than program sound. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give you the old man thing of it. I've had a car that had a V8 engine and the speedometer went to 85. Mm-hmm. I had a minivan with a six-cylinder engine, and that speedometer went to 140. You mean to tell me my minivan was going to do 140? No. No. Just because the numbers are there doesn't mean it's going to perform there. That so was get marketing. the numbers out of your marketing. head. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. That was the yeah. 1980s EPA thing. But, but regardless, <laughs> that's okay. Like, that's okay. It's Right. I'm just saying it's stupid even now in hindsight. Like these Why cars are you laughing can't, so hard at that, you know, can't do like, what they're supposed to do. That? Is that what you find? I'm just laughing. Like, there's, he's right. There's no way that thing can go 140. No, but it says 140. Same way the QSC says it's 2000 watts. There's no measurement of sound that's going to tell me this speaker can do that. The only speaker I've ever heard that I truly believe, whatever number they tell me, is that bass boss out of Texas. I heard an 18 inch sub with two power 12 inch tops which cost, I think, 12 grand. And I heard it rumble a room in Atlantic City to the point where I had to physically cover my ears and there were mm-hmm. three speakers. And the guy goes, I just did a prom. It was 850 kids. What'd you bring? One sub, two tops. That's all they're made for. These are the, well, like, I death never, speakers. I could never understand yeah. why they would come to DJ convention. <laughs> I know. Why would you even come here? No, you know why, Brian? Why are you here? Same, no, I'll tell you why. Same reason some guy with a wife and two kids and bills to pay firmly believes that investing in a used Lamborghini is a smart move. Yeah. He doesn't need the Lamborghini. He just wants I, it. I met those guys in the car business all the time. I want a vet. Yeah. Cool. Is this your only car? Yeah. Got any kids? Yeah. How many? Two. You know, it's a two-seater car, right? Where are you going to put the other kid? Going to strap to the hood? What's going on here? Come on, yeah, that's the base boss mentality. Oh. One speaker for thirty five hundred dollars, and you know what? Seat. it Rumble looks seat. terrible, but it sounds amazing. I'm not going to lie; it pu- yeah. it pumps air like. Yeah. But that's the thing with speakers; they got on fire about ten years ago, and everyone jumped in the pool. 
Yamaha, PV. Everyone started. Remember, PV came out with the ribbon, active ribbon on the top. No. You didn't mm-hmm. see the tweeter. They had a ribbon array. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is what line arrays are. And I'm like, what's a line array? They're like, at a concert. I'm like, you're kidding. They're like, no, it's doing the same thing. I'm like, I need to get this. And then I looked into it a little more. I'm like, nah, I'm good where I am. But, you know, people want what they think of as the biggest, the best, the newest. Yeah. DJs are very bad that way. They really are. I think it's just important to understand the whole SPL thing. I mean, ask most DJs why you use what you use. They really can't answer you. Why do you use that controller? Yeah. They'll, They'll start with the reasons that are outside of it. They won't start with, you know why? Because for my hands and the size and the weight that I carry, this is perfect. They go the other extreme. Like, this is like the coolest new pioneer thing. Speaking and of like, controllers, blah, blah, blah. speaking of controllers, if you want to get on Jay's bad side, talk about a product before it's launched. I'm just saying, if you really want to get the man, mad, I, I said in front of the president of the company today, I have pictures. I said, I will be going live. I'll be live Thursday. You won't see this until probably this comes out on Groundhog's Day, 2023. <laughs> right. We're thinking, but not too far away, actually. Yeah, true. What? No, 2023. Johnson. Oh, He's got a new cycle of releases. Right. Yeah. A lot. Of, there's eventually going to be a point when these start coming out weekly, and I'm already dead. And it's like, <laughs> didn't he die? It looks like he's still around. He's vaping, drinking, doing his thing. Like, what's going I on? Like he just did a wedding. What's going on? Yeah, I could have sworn he just worked. Um, but I told my boss, I go, at the end of the show, I'm going to make a little comment like, hey, and I noticed a lot of people had a photo and did some photoshopping. Just want to throw some, some little advice out there. If you're trying to get gear from a manufacturer, maybe doing early release photos and Photoshop of their gear and then calling them out in a YouTube video. Yeah, that's not how you get on their good side. We got to get you a, a, a writer for that because I, I think you could really make that sound I, I have not done the final product yet. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I, I understand what you're. I will work to, out yeah. what I want to say because I've got to do it the right way. That's all. No, no, no. I've got to do it that it gets past yes. everybody because it's live. So they hear it coming out like, "Wow, Jay's being so complimentary," and then I just drop. Yeah, drop it. Like, uh, speaking of that, um, controllers, and and just before I even say anything. I don't want to trigger anybody because I'm not hating on anyone at all. And and I don't know. I tried to say something thoughtful today. And I don't think it came across that way because people got very defensive. And I wasn't sure they did. why they were being defensive because I wasn't being trying to be offensive. I wasn't trying to attack anybody. Uh, and, and this is something we've talked about in the previous weeks. Right. All I because the reason I brought it up is because I really wanted to do a video on it today, but then life happened and speakers came and it got weird. But all I said in the the post was, "Do how did I word it?" In fact, I'll read it to you here. I, I wanted to get out of there because people were messaging me like crazy, but I'll read you the post. And 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 you know, it rough. You know, like much like you, Jay, it was a rough draft. I, I should have worked on a little more. Do well, most DJs know there's not much practical a controller can do that skilled OG DJs couldn't already do with records, and and it wasn't attacking controllers. It was simply saying, wow. okay, yeah, I knew I knew you wouldn't like it, but oh, I was simply oh, saying Jay's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jay, Jay's triggered. Go. What I was saying is, is that 
I mean, look at that Cameron Paul video I shared with you. Well, you are you are not leaving him alone, are you? Well, come on. <laughs> He's this great. Guy, He's this great. guy was doing stuff that was the one thing he did that I thought, oh my gosh, when he was playing the record backwards at 33, looking at the strobe with his finger because the turntable wouldn't just do it automatically and hooking it up at, on beat. Whoa. So all I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's bad that you use a controller. All I was saying is, all, uh, most of the things that you, no, I didn't say. I did, not, I did not say I'm that. A little bit. I did not, even a little bit. Not all even. I said was, what you're yeah. doing on a controller is emulating vinyl. That's what it was made for. That's yes. why there's two platters and pitches. No, absolutely. That's and I just don't know. Two turntables and a microphone. I mean, that's, no, Jay, that's the imagery. Jay, let's go back to when we met. Yep. Okay, when we met, when did we meet? 2008? 2008. Everyone was well aware that a controller was exactly that. It was right. emulating two turntables. And they weren't that big. We no. hadn't made one yet. Pioneer didn't have one in 2008. Uh, 2010 was our first controller. Well, okay, let's go back to 2010 then. American Audio put out the VMS4. Yep, we put out uh, the S1 and the T1. Sure. Serato so, Itch and Tractor. But at the time, I mean... Everyone understood what that was. Oh, yeah. It's got pitch controls on it. It's got platters on it. It's kind of like a record. It was made to look more like two record players and a It mixer. was. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. emulated the things that you could do. And 100%. The cool, the cool thing about it was you didn't have to have two physical copies of anything. No. Back in the old days before the loop button, you could do two copies and loop it. The same file, drag and drop it in two decks. Yeah. You didn't have to have two separate files. Then you could just press a button and loop it. That was amazing. You'd have to go all the trouble to do these things. Yeah. But back then, everyone understood exactly what it was. Fast forward to today, think about a 21-year-old DJ. Do they know that? No. That's all I was to. saying. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They don't need to. That's all I was trying to say. And I'm, bust and I'm busting your chops to get a reaction. I, I, I think you and I have this talk a lot about the history of it. I would, I would dare say to you, and this might be a video for your channel because I, I know you just started. So if you need content. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I would look at it from the other perspective. What would Cameron Paul do today if he got, I know he's dead, but if he got, if he's he were alive dead. Yeah. and got back into the game and he was handed a DDJ 1000 with Serato, what would he see it and go, oh, I can now do this because I think talented people can make mm -hmm. everything they touch sound better, react mm -hmm. better. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think if you're a great vinylist DJ, I think those skills, when translated over to a controller, I think sky's the limit. I'm I think a lot of the, the side work is gone, and you now get a step up because you understand the mechanics and the foundation better than I, the 21-year-old. I, I Yeah, I agree with you. And and one thing that I will say... and Write that down, Howie. The date and the time. I Write did, it I, down. He I agrees didn't with mention me. it in the video, but I wanted to say it to you just because I want you to just hear one more fact about Cameron Paul that you probably didn't know. That stash, I think I know what it was. Vivid or was it AVC or okay. AC? Okay, stash or no stash? <laughs> stash or no stash? <laughs> Guess who the person was who did the remix that you own and everyone else here owns of Salt and Peppa's Push It. Was it Cameron Paul? That was him. Oh, wow. He took no that from kidding. an 808 raw track. 
to that. That was him playing in the studio. Wow. That's Cameron Paul. That's how big he was. That's how good he was. Oh, so, I, I have no doubts. And I've seen that video <laughs> no, a year to, or two ago. To, to, to answer your question, what would he do today? I, I believe that Cameron was less worried about the tricks and more worried about the programming. I think he was that dude. I, I and and I'm kind of that dude. I I'm th- and, and we've talked about this in great length. Oh, you can insane. have all the skill in the world. You can't but, program. It's not worth. But it. if if you're not picking the right tracks and nobody's feeling what you're yeah. doing, it doesn't matter. And by it's the way, I, I see this a lot with new, you know, let us make your crate for you. For 200 bucks, you can buy my crate PDF off me. I've spent years building these great crates yeah. and folders, and that's awesome. But the one thing that I will not change, and I've said this to the guys that own crate hackers, to their face, no issue at all. That's all well and good, and that's cool that you're setting up crates that will probably do well. No, these things are bangers. They're going to kill. I said, for the crowd that you used it in front of. I'm in a different state with a different age group on a different day in a different time. If I ever feel that my programming should be on autoplay and done by past results, then I need to quit being a DJ. Because to me, being a DJ is every event is programming skills. You're only as good as your last one and you're programming for the group in front of you now not last week yeah not no, six no, you're weeks right ahead. you're right and i don't know I, I i accept that there is that what do you want to call stop it stop taking the easy way out i'm not that's what it is no not you the no. groups that are buying all these crates <laughs> it's the easy no. way out it's there's like oh look i'm set what are you gonna do with the gig then go on instagram there's a break tiktok period. all night there's a break-in period where you <clears> don't know what you're doing and you need some help but then after a while, you'd hope that you'd figure it out and go. Yeah, yeah. Like there's training wheels you can you can use until you understand that I know how to ride a bike. But if you live in training wheels, come on. Yeah, What's but at the same time, here? Brian, if you just walk out the first time and ride with training wheels, what's going right. on here? I, I think there's so much that the technology. I I like this old house. It's filmed in Boston. I love watching guys that are passionate about what they do. These old contractors they love building the birdhouse a two-story family is, house is norm's just still on there no oh. very rare norm's really not there neither is that bob vila well bob left a long time ago he's right they should have called him bob diva because well that's what i heard about him had an attitude but, but i'm watching it and the guy says yeah back in the 60s i we would work all day and i'd get home and i'd try to build like vanities and i remember saying to my dad and this is a guy who's obviously in his 60s dad we gotta do something to speed up the process it's taken too long and he goes, so I went out in the newspaper and I looked around and I found this. It was a staple gun and it shot these certain <laughs> staples and I got to use this. And he, he went over the history of getting pneumatic nail guns and he's like, look at it now. Right. He goes, this is a hammer and this is the nail that we're driving. Hit it like four times and drove it in. Yeah. In the four times it took, the other guy put eight nails in mm-hmm. and it's like, that's the technology. If I'm 21 and I start working for a contractor, should he make me nail things with a hammer and a nail to yes. appreciate the technology? Yes. So yes. then, therefore, the same thing is that true with DJs. If you're a new DJ, should you be, and this is what we used to do, 
We used to train guys when it came to software. I would walk over to the laptop and I would hit the space bar in Serato. I don't know about virtual, but uh, in Serato, it wipes out the waves. Well, it I got to library, you. so you can't see if your tracks are the same. You have let me, to answer, let me answer the question. I'm going to say yes, because that's how I was trained as a machinist. They said, first, you have to be able to make the part with hand tools. Then you can use the machinery. I think. I, yeah, but how we building and setting up not only the Statue of Liberty, which we all know you were involved in Hoover Dam, things like that. <laughs> the hand tool thing was a different game. The Great Wall of China. <laughs> Great Wall of China. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. I don't know. I'm going. <laughs> Every once in a while, Howie will say, I remember G, and I'm like, who's G? And one night he just goes, Genghis Khan, you idiot. And I'm like, oh. The hanging Gardens of Babylon. I mean, <laughs> we did call him G. G, yeah. G. Aliens. They weren't aliens to me. We partied all the time when they came down to Stonehenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying he's old. He built Moses' second house. Yeah. But that's okay, because I got to DJ his third wedding. So Speaking of the Ark, I mean, you know, we can go on and on with this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I mean, I see a lot of multi-op companies, and I really respect when they do this. They bring guys in, and they say, hey, I'll give you the gear, the music, the whole thing, but you've got to be able to perform if these things let you down. Like, even something as simple as, here's 10 CDs. I said this to Drax when he did the Vegas show. I said, next year, we'll sponsor your DJ competition. But here's the thing. They're going to get five CDs 30 minutes before they play. Well, here's Saturday Night Fever, Daft Punk, you know, History, Discovery. this, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, Discovery 2. We'd give them both. <laughs> you know, and give them these five CDs. <laughs> give them the five CDs. And then say, you have 30 minutes to put together a set. Okay. None of this. Because, like, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, you know, mobile, the takeover at Max, I'm not going to go see any of it. I, the, I'm not disrespecting the DJs performing, but you've got Ableton and months to sit there and meticulously massage uh, yeah. the music. I, That's I, yeah, not I a performance. That's a show-off. I don't need to see how uh, far you can whiz over the crowd i don't believe that it should be mandatory that anybody does anything but i do believe that it would be interesting for perspective to try some things that are a little harder than button pushing i think it would mm -hmm. oh button pushing now better. he's gonna draw fire i don't care nope, here we go yeah i'm not no, suggesting please. that anything that you can do manually Okay. You know what, Che? I'm not I, suggesting yeah. any of it is hard. Okay? None I of think, it is hard. It all I just think, takes practice. Right. Hey, and, guys, why don't we try this? To your point, Jay. how about next time we do a show, we don't rehearse it for months ahead of time. We just come on and <laughs> do it on the just wing it? And riff. Oh, come on. And riff. That's not going to work. We, we couldn't we couldn't fill an hour of that if we had to. As I sit here and wonder why we <laughs> waited a half an hour for Jay to show up, I get my answer. I'm in. It's quality programming. <laughs> hey, the gold the gold comment I made would have sucked. No, the gold comment I made was simply the greatest day is when you realize you don't have to be right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
true. And, you, and by the way, you're should allowed to that. change your mind. Yeah. Just guess what? If you're wrong, that's okay. Change things. It's okay. Oh my God. As a DJ, move them around. Mm, yeah. And by the way, I've decided that Monday and Tuesday at the Mech Show when they're doing the big takeover, not to draw a crowd, but I'm seriously looking into the bar across the street. Might bring a couple decks. Might even bring a couple of vinyl decks. Bring a stack of records, a couple speakers, and just be like, go ahead. Well, I don't have a thumb drive. That's okay. My laptops, no laptops. No electronic devices at all. Here's mm-hmm. the music. You this is what you play. And done. Yeah. I, of course, will be rocking a tambourine, and I might bring my old triangle set back out. I used to do stairway. Would that be a, a green tambourine? It, it might be. It might no. be. There you go. I was Who watching a, a live performance from the 70s. I don't remember what song it was. And there was a guy playing bass, and he was killing it. And through the song, there was this sound. Click track? I, I never thought of where, no, it was like a tambourine sound. Oh. And it never occurred to me, like, who was making that sound. And they zoomed back, and this bass player who's playing this rather intricate bass line on beat is stamping on a tambourine, making that yeah, sound. Yeah. yeah. While I've he's playing it. bass and singing, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, this amazing. Ah. I mean, the performance of the stuff, you know, and... and well, look at the know. music you love and I love and Howie loves and everyone else. All that stuff from the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah, it may not have been first take, but they didn't do 100 takes of it because they couldn't afford the tape. Huh. They you had know. to come into the Working. studio and nail it. Now it's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll massage it. I'm hearing stuff, what you, you know... God is... is yeah. Here's what it is. Make it work. You need we a click went, track? Take a click track. We just went through this with the pandemic. I mean, the things that I've done around the house, I didn't leave the house to get materials. I was using what was here. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it's here. I might as well use it. Yeah. I just did a birdhouse. My dad bought me this birdhouse, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And he put it outside, and it was really nice. He put a big R on it for red, and it was cool. It's like a bird condo. It's like four houses in one. Nice. Well, the roof's rotten off the thing. And Blanca brought it and said, can you save this thing? And I'm like, eh, whatever. It's in my way. I'm thinking I'm just going to leave it in my way, and it's going to force me to fix it. So right before Christmas, I'm like, you know what? I need to get this damn thing out of my way back in storage. I need to fix this thing. I really wasn't going to put an oak roof on it. But you know what? I've got oak. So I'm going to put an oak roof on it. I knew that was going to come up. (laughs) And I put the oak roof on it, and it looks great. It does. I didn't want to stain it the color that I stained it, but I had that stain. Right. So I put multiple you make things work. As dark and cool as I could and I made it work. You got to make mm-hmm. things work the way they work. I thought you were going to say Starbucks. No. Yeah. Ice coffee containers cut coffee down though. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think we use Starbucks straws. Yeah. I, I get sad at these shows when we, and it's been going on forever because I get so excited to talk to anyone about music and learn. And so many nights and days I walk away from shows shaking my head going, you know what? I've been here for 10 straight hours and not one person mentioned music. And I'm oh, at a DJ show. About a controller. Hey, you know what I need? Because this is what I use. Let me show you what I use. And I'm like, that's awesome, man. You're using a ton of gear. Oh, man, my wedding's like 10 grand, this, 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 and this. Just tell me once about a song. We've only got a few minutes left. And, okay. And I, I just wanted to ask Jay this question. And I, and I mean this 
and probably not the way it's going to sound, but I'm going to ask it. <laughs> it never wow. does. Sound. It never does. Wow. It, never, it wow. never comes out the way I want it to come out. There's two on the controller market. I know this is going to push happen. a button. Whoa, there goes a slam. <laughs> <laughs> assuming, assuming the position. Yes. Like I said earlier. Got it. The great <laughs> thing about controllers is that they do all the cool stuff that really good DJs could do with records with less effort. Yes. With ease. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I know there's a new piece coming out soon. If the controllers are emulating records, and they always have emulated records, then can you just, in a few sentences, explain to us why we continue to get upgraded controllers? I I think a lot of it, honestly, is the business dynamic of a five or 10 year plan. And my experience Mm -hmm. in manufacturing is you come up with things and the cycle is about 10 years. And in 2012, we came out with a controller called the DDJ SX and it just blew up. And I I remember when it came out, I was at BPM and SX, they kept calling it Essex. Like the place in England, it was kind of funny. I can see that. And we did a huge launch. I worked with Jazzy J in Hollywood at Guitar Center. KRS-One did a free freestyle rap with us. It was just, I mean, it was nuts. We had like five different guys around the country doing this launch. It was a big, big deal. And it sold bananas, just crazy. And I remember being in a meeting and everyone was like high-fiving each other, this and that. And I'm like, I guess I'm missing it all. And they all stopped what they were doing and looked at me like, what do you mean? And I'm like, and I named off like nine devices that looked the same. They had the buttons, they had this and that. But it's like, you know, the lightning doesn't strike every time. And when it does, now you try to chase that. So you look at, and, and you know what, Brian, to be honest, it's a lot of conversations like this. Like, what do you want? I mean, the, the 1000 mm-hmm. SRT came out. I show up in Atlantic City. We have almost 400 people in a room to see something they saw a year and a half earlier. The difference is two of the silver knobs are black. And this one runs Serato. Uh And I walked out and said, you wanted it, you got it. DDJ 1000 SRT for Serato. And the room erupted. They went ballistic. I'm like, this is going to be the easiest demo ever. (laughs) Yeah, no, you were kind of quiet. But you're hearing, you didn't have the AIDS in that day. So I don't know if you were even catching what I was saying. (laughs) The AIDS? You mean like the hearing aids or the AIDS? Hearing aids. Hearing aids. Hearing aids, I think. Got, no, got but I, I think that's it, Brian. Like in 10 years, whether we're around with companies asking us or not, they've got to keep reinventing the same wheel. Yeah. Like you can't stop. Yeah. Like the turntable was the last thing I can think of where they stopped. They tried to better the 1200. And they said, look, we're going to put EQs on it and we're going to do this. And it's got fancy lights. And yeah, people like the reloop and it's got different, you know, hot cues on it. And I get why that's cool. But really, when you come right down to it, the, the staples are still the 1200. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of great sports cars out there. If I'm wrong, don't correct me. But I still point to the old Carroll Shelby, you know, the 427 or whatever the motor was that was in those old, um, the two oh, seats, the Cobras. Yes. Because Cobras. the myth that the Cobra had in my world was it would go zero to 100 and back to zero in 10 seconds. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it's, nothing does that. So to me, the technology hasn't bettered us. Interestingly It's just enough, made it easier. Not, neither here nor there, but anybody who's ever owned a 427 Cobra will tell you that the, the 289 Cobra was a lot more fun to drive for some reason. Could I, very well be. But it's, but it's that myth of Hercules of yes. this is what they can do. And I think that's where the DJ market goes. I mean, a mixer is two or four channels. Yeah. I used to fight for three channels. I had an old Gemini Platinum 626. Mm-hmm. It was three channels. Yeah. And I loved it because one night the channel one went out. So I moved the RCAs over to channel two. So now yeah. I use two and three. And I tell Pioneer and everyone else all the time, you know why I want four-channel controllers? Because I grew up in the industry concerned that if channel one went out, I always had three more channels well, or Pioneer's two more channels. Like, our channels are going to fail, dude. So what's the problem? Right. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. there's nowhere to go. What do you mean? Like, if there's only two channels and one goes out, you lose 50%. If one out of four goes out, you only lose 25%. Those are odds I can live with. I still have seventy-five percent more channels. Yeah, three. If I lose one, I only have fifty percent more channels. And it sounds new DJs hear that and they go, "Yeah, but that's not going to happen." I'm like, "It did before, like it's early two thousands, late nineties. I've had a channel go out." This is probably one of the worst shows we've ever done. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, we're we're getting raises uh, this week anyway, so thank you for that. We're gonna all get raises. Well, no, we're um, not getting raises. It, it was a music show. I did I mention. Know. Green tambourine. You did. I mentioned tambourine. Uh, bonus points for anybody that can name the artist. Um, I Mr. Know Big, this. green tinted sixties mind. Now the why lemon pipers. Why, why do I want to say lemon pipers? Like, lemon pipers. Yes. Uh, Brian green. doesn't even have that on vinyl, for God's sakes. No. Oh, I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything on record that was made before I was born. So yeah. don't do that. Uh You've, so you've canceled all music before 1982 when you were born. That's great, Brian. 1992, <laughs> thank you very much. That's just Speaking great. of thank you very much. We, at least much we ended on music. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Put Make sure to vote. Up. Quit while we're ahead. <laughs> In the 2024 election. Thank you. Good night.